You know, we're at the point now that, you know, way back when we had few iPhone users, we probably have about half of our users are iPhone users now, but we've got some Palm Pre users, we have Android users, we have Windows Mobile users, and, you know, different people, as Rick was saying before, for whatever reason, they're going to connect more with different platforms. And, you know, the important thing is that the attorney feel comfortable with what he's using so that he can take the most advantage of it. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening today. I'm Craig Williams from uh, somewhat overcast Southern California. Bob? And, and this is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from Massachusetts, where I write a couple of blogs. One is called Law Sites, and the other is called Media Law. Right? Well, I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court and have a book out called How to Get Sued. And, Bob, we'd like to thank our sponsors at this time, SunTrust, who offers private wealth management solutions for attorneys and legal firms at suntrust.com slash law and Clio, web-based practice management software program for lawyers at goclio.com, and as well as Firm Manager from LexisNexis, a leading provider of information and business solutions at myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Well, today we're going to be taking the gloves off on Lawyer to Lawyer because the battle of the smartphones is on. It's Android versus the iPhone. We're going to find out which is best for attorneys in their practices? So will the iPhone annihilate the Android, or will the Android obliterate the iPhone? Well, to help us do that today, Craig, we have two guests uh, who will each uh, swear by their smartphones. First up uh, in this corner, you might say, is uh, attorney, blogger, and Android aficionado Rick Georges. Rick blogs about technology on his website, futurelawyer.com. He also authors the Future Lawyer column in the Tampa Bay Review. Rick is a solo practitioner in St. Petersburg, Florida, and is an active uh, and is active in the St. Petersburg, the Florida, and the American Bar Associations. Uh, he also presents seminars and programs on the use of computers in the practice of law all over the place. Uh, welcome, Rick. Well, you may go on. Keep going. <laughs> uh, welcome. Good we, afternoon. We don't have time to talk about everything, all the stellar things you've done. <laughs> Good afternoon from sunny Florida. Well, and we've got in our other corner, Bob, uh, iPhone fanatic and attorney Jeff Richardson. Jeff practices law in the New Orleans office of Adams and Reese. His practice areas include appellate litigation and representing defendants in class actions and complex litigation. Jeff also writes the blog iPhone JD, which can be found at iPhoneJD.com. But most importantly for Lawyer to Lawyer today, Jeff has been searching for the perfect handheld device since the late 1980s. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. That, that almost sounded inappropriate, the way you said searching for the perfect handheld device. But, the, but we'll, we'll skip over that and, and get right to the questions. Uh, I, I got to say, I was, uh, I've been reading Rick's blog. Uh, well, I've been reading both of your blogs for forever and ever. Uh, but, but it seems like every time I read Rick's blog, he's, he's raving about the Android uh, and having nothing nice to say about the iPhone. And I look at his blog this morning, and, and here's a post in which he says, well, uh, which phone is right for you is really just kind of a, a matter of preference. So 
Rick, are you are you getting soft on the iPhone now, or no, no, no? What's going I, on I, uh, <laughs> I, the closest I ever got to an iPhone was an iPod Touch, and I like the interface. It's very simple and easy to use. However, um, I've always had this philosophical objection to Apple's locking down their their computers and Android based on the Linux kernel and Google. You know, they're really open to just about anything you want to do, and I've always been a geek at heart. So what I mean by that is is that uh, every lawyer is different. You're, it's, this is like asking somebody whether they like chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream. Uh, it depends upon uh, what your preferences are and what's important to you. There are a lot of functions that I think the Android is superior at or that they do that the iPhone doesn't. The biggest example is the removable battery. You know, one of the big disadvantages of the new Android phones on 4G is that they use so much battery that, you know, you're out of battery in three or four hours if you're doing heavy video or or web. But you can pop the back off, pop another battery in there, and go another three or four hours. Uh, And so it depends on what you want to do with your phone. So this really isn't a debate. It's not a fight. It's not an annihilation. It's a matter of... Let's look at the two phones side by side, like I did in the post today in the blog, and look at all of the features, and each lawyer needs to decide, well, that's important to me, that's not important to me. So I'm not Well, Jeff, what do you think? Are you a vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream? (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting. I think that in some ways, what I like about the iPhone is that it offers the best of both worlds. On the one hand, you have the ease of use. I mean, Apple is fanatical about user interface design. They want it to be as simple as possible, you know, the fewest number of taps to get powerful things done so that, you know, all of our mom and dads can use the iPhone, you know, successfully and, and understand it unlike previous phones that they really don't even understand how to use the features on it. The iPhone is is simple enough that that people can take advantage of pretty sophisticated features. But at the same time, you can do everything with the iPhone. I mean, Apple likes to say there's an app for that, and it's an interesting marketing slogan, but there's a lot of truth to it. Because of the third-party apps, I mean, there really is no limit to the sophisticated things that you can do with an iPhone if you want to do it. So, you know, lawyers who want to have, you know, specialized programs for, you know, calculating dates or helping them with travel or, you know, handling word processing documents, they can do that and, you know, very in a very sophisticated level. And yet, because there is such a culture for really all of Apple's products, but especially the iPhone, of keeping things simple and easy to use, um, it's, you know, you don't find yourself confused by 10,000 buttons on a screen as to what you press. Things are, uh, it's pretty easy to figure out how to do some pretty powerful things with the iPhone. I think you could do the same thing with Android. All the more powerful things you can do. What I look at is the first of all the speed of the phone. The HTC Thunderbolt, which I own, has a 4.3 inch screen. The iPhone 4 has a three and a half inch screen. The iPhone 4 has a denser pixel count, but the bigger screen is easier for old guys like me with fat fingers to type on. The the HTC Thunderbolt runs on Verizon's new 4G LTE network. And while it eats a lot of battery, this network screams. I mean, it's like five times faster than the 3G network that the iPhone is on. And the uh, Thunderbolt, you can dial back to 3G if you want to have longer battery life. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on feature for feature if that's what you all want to do. But to me, it's a matter of what do you want to do and can you use it in your practice? And you most certainly can use the Thunderbolt to do anything that you can do with the iPhone. And now... It also does multitasking. I used to hear this a lot from iPhone people. 
oh, but you can't do, you can't be on a call and browse the web at the same time. Well, guess what? The HTC Thunderbolt on LTE does that now. Uh, it has a little kickstand. I love that. You can stand the phone up. The iPhone 4 doesn't. We could go on and on and on. It really doesn't matter. It's what do you want to use your phone for, and what do you prefer to do with it? I was going to ask a question, Bob. What do you what do you think the typical applications are that lawyers are going to be using, and what phone does better with those apps? The first one is web browsing. Uh, the the Android HTC Thunderbolt is far superior as a web browser. Number one, it's five times as fast. Uh, the uh, Safari browser doesn't do Flash. The HTC does flash, and all Android phones do, and there's still, believe it or not, a whole lot of flash on the Internet that uh, people want to watch. Uh, there are, uh, a lawyer really um, uh, needs the fast browser. Uh, it's it doesn't need it, but I mean, it's better to have a faster browser because you get things done faster. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not exactly sure where you're getting the numbers from. Um, I can tell you that the Safari browser on my iPhone 4 screams. I mean, it's incredibly fast. Um, Did you see my uh, post today, and do you see the side-by-side comparison? No, I haven't had a chance to do that. And I, you know, I have to admit, I haven't had a chance to pick up a, okay. a stopwatch and, you know, hold a bunch of phones together and see which one finishes, a, you know, a second before the other well, one. Well, it's but on I can a 4G you, there's network. Never been... there's, there's just no way a 3G phone can be as fast as a 4G phone. I don't care right. what there, there's, there's There's rarely been a time where I felt like the Safari browser was, you know, too slow for me. And I'll admit that a big part of that is, you know, a lot of the times when I am using my iPhone, whether it's in my office or home or you know, out someplace, I'm on Wi-Fi, and so that's that's the speed that I'm getting. Now, if I am out, you know, on the street, and so I'm relying upon 3G, you know, then I do notice it being not quite as fast. And I mean, sure, I, you know, I'm always looking for the latest and greatest thing. And you know, when LTA comes to the out iPhone, I think that's going to be a, a a great reason for people to upgrade their iPhones, and I look forward to taking advantage of it. And in fact. The fact that because there is so much variety in the Android market, so many different people, you know, one of the things I hear people complain about with Android is it seems like every time you buy an Android phone, two weeks later, another company is coming out with the latest and greatest Android phone, and you're like, darn it. <laughs> Whereas with the iPhone, they basically come out once a year. You can feel pretty safe that you're not going to have the buyer's remorse immediately. But the advantage of having something new come out every few weeks is, of course, that, you know, brand new cutting edge things like LTE are going to come first to the Android. And the differences in screen size, Apple is going to pick one size that works from, you know, that's sort of a the great compromise and is going to stick with that so that software developers know what they're developing for. In the Android market, you have the, the chaos of, of, you know, different screen sizes and different specs, which, you know, for, a, you know, for some people is, is interesting. Um, you know, I actually think that it ends up resulting in an overall worse user experience because you don't know, you know, which apps are going to work, work with, with which phones. But the bottom line is that for the things that an attorney really needs, you know, the iPhone's got everything you need. Flash is a perfect example. Flash is one of the things that people who use Android point to all the time because I think it's a safe bet that um, Apple will never support Flash because Apple doesn't like the way that it slows down the processor on a phone and it eats up so much battery life. And Apple thinks that you can, using HTML5, you can get all of the advantages of Flash on the web. I mean, I, I find it, well, I mean, and let me put the, the question to you, Rick. What uses of Flash as an attorney I'm assuming that there's no use for Flash as an attorney. My guess is that maybe if you want to watch oh, no, like that's a, not true. a Comedy Central. Oh, okay, there, so, so tell there me. There are what, a lot of Flash what, seminars that you can watch. You just put in law or legal into YouTube and just 
dozens of things pop up. Uh, well, YouTube, you know, works on an iPhone. It, YouTube is translated, you know, for the H.264 that the iPhone uses. I mean, I have never in the real world found when I was using my iPhone or, for that matter, my iPad, that there was something flash that I wanted to watch and I couldn't do it. I will, you know, there is actually a browser for the iPhone called, um, it's called Skyfire that actually allows you to watch flash video because it uses a proxy server that translates the flash into something else. And I've tried it out just, you know, for kicks and ha-has to see how it works. But in terms of something that I really need in my everyday life, you know, I don't okay, have a camera on my iPhone either, but I don't need that. Okay, do you don't uh, tell me this. If you're if you're using your iPhone at the end of a long day and your battery's running out and you're not you don't have access to sit down and wait two hours for it to charge, what do you do? With an well, Android phone, especially the Thunderbolt, you pop the back off, you put another battery in there and pop it back on. Which means that you're carrying around an extra battery with you, right? It, yeah, it weighs about And that's exactly what I do with the iPhone. Right? And, and it gives me limitless power. What yeah, about the are, SD, micro SD card? You can't pop unlimited. the back off and put another SD card in there, so you're stuck with the 32-gig card they give you, and that's it. With the Android Thunderbolt, I've got 8-gig on, on board, and I've got a 32-gig chip that comes with it, so I can buy another one, I can buy another one, I can use a 16-gig, I can pop it open, put in yeah, the let me, chip. Let me, let me address both of those things, and I think that that's a good example. Let's talk about, uh, we'll talk about the memory first, and then we'll get back to the battery. On the memory, the fact that you can put in different cards. You know, way back when, I used to be a Palm Trio user, and it did have an SD slot, and I would, you know, the idea that I could swap out cards was interesting. In practice, I never had a reason to do it, because I, mean, I had enough memory. In real life, the, the phone that I use is the 32-gigabyte iPhone 4. I have never, never found that to be insufficient memory. If I had only 8 gigabytes, I could see how that might be a little tight. But if you get a 16 or especially a 32-gigabyte iPhone, there, I can't imagine there ever being a time when that's not going to be enough unless you want to load it up with you know all five seasons of The Wire to watch on the iPhone. Well, sure, you're going to run out of space then. But for, for practical everyday uses, it is way, way more than enough memory. And on the battery issue, it's the same thing. If you have a removable battery on an Android phone, that means you're going to be carrying something around in your pocket that you would snap on if you need it. And I do the same thing. The iPhone 4 battery easily lasts all day long without any problem. But there are times, like, for example, if I am attending a CLE where, you know, I'm sitting there all day and not to say that I'm not paying attention to the CLE, but I might be using my phone and sending emails throughout it. If I'm really heavily using a phone throughout the day, I will notice that by 3 in the afternoon, it's starting to get down to like the 20% mark or something. And then what I'll do is, again, I have a... You know, there are tons of portable batteries for the iPhone that are about the size of a matchbox. You just plug that puppy into the bottom of the iPhone, and it charges the iPhone while you're using it. And you, there's a million different models. You can buy external cases that have batteries built into it. I mean, there's nothing but variety about the external batteries. You know, it's mainly only, you know, one or two times a month that I'll need an external battery, but my solution is the same as an Android solution. You just but, have something you, small you in your pocket. you got me about carrying the battery around. you got to carry those things around. And they're well, heavy. It's, 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 a, a, it's a minor battery. I have to say, it's a minor point. I mean, I, I have an I have an iPhone, and and I I'm over on the iPhone camp, but I I have, have rarely had a problem with my battery running right. out. Uh, 
ever. Right? And I'll, I'll be, you know, at a, I could be at a conference uh, using it from from dawn to dusk, uh, pretty much, and and uh, not having that problem. Uh, and uh, the, the, <laughs> frankly, there've been times when I've uh, just just tried to run the battery all the way down, and I realized that once, even when it tells you it's about to go, it's got a long ways to go uh, before you can actually do that. But one thing I one thing that does bother me about the iPhone is this is this point Rick raised earlier about uh, sort of Apple's you know Apple's control uh, sort of crazy control over over the, uh, the 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 development of apps and and the ability to uh, uh, to market apps for the iPhone and and you know I understand that Apple raises this as a quality issue but frankly uh, some some pretty poor quality apps make it through that vetting process sometimes. Uh, you know, I mean, but you haven't Jeff, had, you know, for example, the, the the apps that have malware. I mean, that was one of the things that hit the Android world not too long ago. That people were calling the app one, you know, some popular app. They would change one letter in the name and put it out there, and it actually turned out that it was malware that was dangerous for your phone. And I'm not saying that many people downloaded it, although the numbers were actually a lot higher than I thought. But I actually think, you know, as a cell phone user, the last thing that I want is to be downloading apps that have, you know, viruses or malware or can do some damage. I, I like the idea that someone is double-checking things before they come in the store. And if there were only like a thousand apps for the iPhone and there were hundreds of thousands of apps for Android, well, then I would say, well, you know, maybe that's not a good idea to have a curator. This is what I meant. He said something like chaos before when he was talking about Android. So many choices. How can we choose? But you see, that's what I was saying in the beginning about what is attractive to the particular lawyer. If you want to go into the drugstore or the grocery store and have just one item, one type of a particular item, one cereal, one flavor of ice cream, that's cool. But, but if you're the kind of guy that, that wants the freedom to make your own choices, then go with Android. If you're the kind of person that locks your kids in the house because it's dangerous to go outside, then great. Lock them in the house. Keep them there. Control their every move. But if you want the freedom to get out there and take risks and learn about life, get Android. You see, the, the, the choice is the key. And <laughs> the thing mind, that I love a... about Android and Google is that they allow you to make mistakes. They allow you to play with software. They allow you to protect yourself. I don't want somebody telling me what apps I can put on my phone. I don't want somebody telling a developer, you will not put that kind of an app out there and allow people to download it onto their phone. This is our phone, and we're going to protect you whether you like it or not. It's but a matter of freedom the, and choice This is versus the Windows versus Mac argument. quote, unquote, security. This is the Windows versus Mac argument from 10 years ago, where Macs, you know, had a smaller percentage of the market, and, you know, if you wanted a word processor for a Mac, you had to get Microsoft Office. If you had Windows, you could choose WordPerfect and you could choose some other options. But that argument that you know curation and, and uh, expectation of quality reduces the options for the user, you know, you can argue as to whether that was true 10 years ago in the Windows versus Mac world, but it's the opposite in the iPhone versus other platform worlds because the number of apps available for the iPhone are far, far, far greater than the apps. I mean, no one can say, I really wish I could find an app to do X, and it, it's a shame that the iPhone doesn't have it. I mean, there are some minor example, minor exceptions like, you know, iPhones that allow illegal tethering that violates the, you know, the contract. In an Android world, you know, you might be able to buy something that's, you know, quote-unquote illegal or wrong, whereas in the iPhone world, Apple's not going to let you buy it. But in terms of the actual apps that lawyers want, you know, the problem is not not enough apps. The problem is there's so many apps that attorneys need help 
knowing here's the best ones of the 10 you can choose from or the 20 you can choose from. I think the users have to judge. They got to look at that. That's another thing I would recommend is I would recommend going to the store, putting them in your hand, uh, see how they feel. You know, you might not like the, the fact that the Thunderbolt is a bigger phone. You might like, like the fact that the, uh, that the iPhone doesn't have a kickstand. It's all preference. You know, the, each company is looking to provide something that users will want and want to buy. And I am perfectly comfortable with my choice, as I'm sure that Jeff is comfortable with his choice. Yeah, but and that this doesn't is where mean either one is superior to the other. Either one may have things about them that are that are uh, better for a particular user, but that doesn't mean you know. I don't think there's any any contest here between the two phones as whether they're competent. The question is, what do you want to use your phone for? How? What is your worldview? How do you feel about geeking out a phone? Do you want to play around with apps? Do you want to have someone else uh, do all the work so that you put something in your hand and you know that everything is going to work the way you want it to work? Rick and Jeff, we need to take a quick break here for a moment. We have lots more on the great iPhone and Android debate when Lawyer to Lawyer returns right here on the Legal Talk Network. Has the recent economic climate affected the financial goals of your firm? Get back on track with help from SunTrust. Our private wealth management legal specialty group works solely with lawyers and their firms to deliver unique solutions designed for the legal community. SunTrust advisors give you sound guidance on everything from maximizing cash flow and waiting through benefits planning to understanding how to retain attorneys and staff. Learn more at www.suntrust.com legal. SunTrust. Live solid. Bank solid. SunTrust Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the benefits of cloud computing. Now, what do you think the single biggest benefit to cloud computing is? In talking to our customers recently uh, about that very question, I was surprised with what came back with as, as a really resounding response, and, and that was that it's the convenience and the freedom that cloud computing affords them. The ability to get their work done from anywhere, whether it's at their office, at the courthouse, at home, or even if they're on vacation, they're able to get their work done where and when they need to get it done. Uh, the mobile aspect of things is also increasingly important. With cloud-based software, you can access your data and software from your iPhone or your iPad, your BlackBerry. Uh, and other mobile devices. So for the uh, lawyers that are on the move, which is an increasing uh, proportion of lawyers, that's a, a really key benefit as well. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if anyone wants additional information on Clio, they can feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution, LexisNexis Firm Manager is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS-70 Type 2 attested data centers. 
If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis for manager at no charge, or to learn more, visit www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi, along with my co-host, Jay Craig Williams. The great debate here is whether the uh, iPhone or the Android is the superior smartphone uh, for lawyers. Our guests are attorneys Jeff Richardson, our iPhone expert, and Rick George is our Android authority. Uh, I want to continue the conversation. And uh, Rick, I, you know what I wanted to ask you about? It? You kind mm-hmm. of alluded to this question of, of, of jailbreaking the iPhone, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it seems that some of, some of what uh, – Rick has been talking about in terms of being able to use, you know, the, the non-Apple approved features uh, uh, is is permitted once you jailbreak. And, and, and jailbreaking itself, I guess, is perfectly legal, although, as you say, tethering may raise some issues. But but what, what do you, what's your recommendation on, on, on jailbreaking? Is it something lawyers should, should do or avoid or, or what do you think? No, I actually don't see any reason for a lawyer to jailbreak a phone. It creates, you know, some instability in the phone, and there are very, very few advantages. I mean, there used to be a day when an attorney would jailbreak and then unlock a phone because they wanted to use another network, although even then you couldn't use Verizon. You could only use T-Mobile. You know, the only other advantage that there had been historically of jailbreaking was that you could allow your iPhone to tether so that you could share its internet connection with a laptop or with your iPad. And as of just a few weeks ago with the latest software update, um, AT&T is allowing that. And, and frankly, when Verizon first came out with the iPhone earlier this year, they allowed that from out of the gate. So the, the, the advantages of jailbreaking are small, and um, the disadvantages, in my mind, far, far outweigh it. There are so many things you can do with the iPhone, far more than, than any lawyer would need. You know, you don't really gain anything extra with the jailbreak. This has changed over time, though. I mean, I will admit, when the very first iPhone came out way back when, in 2007, and there were no third-party apps, it was the jailbreakers that allowed you to have some creativity with a third-party app. And it was, you know, that was interesting and fun to watch back then, but the platform has matured to the point where uh, there's no advantage in doing that. Rick, I'd like to ask you a quick question about the enterprise value of Androids. One of the things that I've discovered here at our firm, which has about 450 lawyers, is that the IT department is not willing to attach it to the network on an enterprise basis uh, because they don't really view it as a as a strong uh, enterprise phone. And they tell me that which um, phone are you talking about? Mal- the Android. Oh, okay. Any Android phone? Because there are a bunch of them out there. Right. Anyone. And they're also saying that the reason they don't want to attach it is because of the malware problem. Yeah, which is why I'm a solo practitioner, because no IT department tells me what I can use. Uh, it, again, it's back to choice, but I bet you that there are a whole lot of uh, Android developers that could solve that problem if you asked them. And uh, you're seeing more and more of that as Motorola and HTC fight to have their user interfaces that they put on top of Android uh, protected. Uh, A user, obviously, you could uh, tether legally 
uh, Android phones and to your notebook computers long, long before Apple decided to uh, permit it uh, for an extra 20 you bucks AT&T a month. Decided to, You've Apple been able actually to do had, it with Verizon for two years. Yeah, Apple but, actually had the option a long time ago internationally. It was AT&T that wasn't allowing it, but go ahead. Yeah, exactly. But again, the, Verizon didn't pick, get the iPhone until very recently. Uh, for the three year, first three years of iPhone, you couldn't tether unless you jailbroke the phone. Now, it's a lot easier to root um, an Android phone. Uh, built on the Linux kernel, they call it rooting. Basically, all you're doing is you are bypassing the locks, and it's perfectly legal, bypassing the locks that your manufacturer puts uh, on the OS to make sure that you use their, their, um, their user interface. But you can... Uh, uh, by using exploits that are a little complicated to discuss in this environment, you can get back down to the Linux root of the machine and get back to basic Google uh, Android. Now, do you want to do that? Well, you know, there are some things that are, that are fun to do, but yeah, it makes any computer less stable because it's not been tested. Uh, and every time that you uh, uh, flash another ROM onto a, uh, onto a smartphone, uh, you're taking the risk that that will do something screwy. Uh, so like I said, it's for tinkerers, it's for geeks, it's for people that want to have more options with what they do with their smartphone. Coming back to it, though, it's a matter of choice. Uh, how much control do you want? How much risk are you willing to take? It's always a risk-reward proposition. In the question that you're asking, though, you know, IT departments limiting the choice of their attorneys, I, I know that there's a lot of attorneys that listen to this podcast, but there's a lot of IT folks, too. And if I could just, you know, talk to them directly for a second, hey, IT folks out there, please let your attorneys use what they want to use, for goodness sakes. You know, the, the a lot of times I find, you know, folks in IT departments, um, and fortunately, we have a good one here at my firm, but at some other places, you know, they're, they're not allowing attorneys to do this and not allowing them to do that because of risks. And, you know, the reality is, if you're going to allow your attorneys to walk out of your building with briefcases containing briefs, you know, there's a risk that they could leave that on a t- in a cab somewhere. I mean, risks are everywhere. And I think that we, you know, people, you know, law firms should encourage their attorneys to take advantage of whatever technology they want. I mean, my, my firm has got almost gosh, almost 300 attorneys. And, you know, we're at the point now that, you know, way back when we had few iPhone users, we probably have about half of our users are iPhone users now. But we've got some Palm Pre users. We have Android users. We have Windows Mobile users. And, you know, different people, as Rick was saying before, for whatever reason, they're going to connect more with different platforms. And, you know, the important thing is that the attorney feel comfortable with what he's using so that he can take the most advantage of it in terms of meeting the client's needs and keeping up to date with clients and, you know, reading cases and, you know, whatever it is that you're doing with your phone. So I think it's, you know, there was a time about two years ago when IT departments were nervous about the iPhone. And, you know, you, you would every once in a while, you would see a report of, you know, oh, this 15-person firm is banning the use of iPhones. And fortunately, those days are over. But um, I, I hope that going forward, firms will allow people to use whatever they want to use, um, knowing that there might be some advantages and disadvantages of their choices. But let people make those choices for themselves. I knew it had to happen sooner or later. I am in complete agreement with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you know, I, Gee, maybe I, we should just end the program right now. I, I love <laughs> the iPod Touch. You know, the iPhone to me looks like a uh, iPod Touch with a phone feature, and I loved it. I mean, I love the smoothness of the of the scrolling. I love the cute little icons. I loved all of that stuff. I just 
you know, I got tired of plugging it into the computer to load music. I got tired of being required to use iTunes whether I wanted to or not. Uh, you have to you have to go find a, a third party uh, app to get your uh, your iTunes music onto another uh, onto another machine, and that's all because Apple wants complete control over what you do with the phone. It's a beautiful phone. I like I said, I owned an iPod Touch and loved it. It's just that, you know, sometimes you don't want somebody telling you what you can do and not do with the technology that you paid for. Well, gentlemen, we've just about reached the end of our program. It's time to wrap up and get your final thoughts as well as your contact information for our listeners. And one of the things that we'd like you to address uh, in your final thoughts is which apps for your phones you use the most. So, um, Jeff, let's start with you. Well, there's so many. I'm trying out new apps every day. I mean, I, I do think that there are some things like I would encourage attorneys to get Documents to Go, which is an app that's on Android as well, which allows you it, – it just does a better job of viewing uh, Microsoft Word documents, which you know most of us live with day in, day out, and, um, and editing them if you want to do that as well. I also think it's useful to have um, a date calculator. I, I use one called um, Court Days, and I also like one called Days From – there's um, one of my favorite iPhone apps is called Log Me in Ignition. It allows, there's many apps out there that allow this, but this is one that allows you to have remote access to your computer. So my computer can be sitting in my office because I don't even take my laptop when I travel anymore. I just take my iPhone and, and my iPad, but I can connect back to it if there's that one file sitting on my desktop that I need access to. Um, and uh, oh, so many more apps. And, and that's, that's why, you know, I, I think my website's been so successful because there's always new apps to talk about and review. I, uh, a lot of the programs that he likes, I also use, like LogMeIn Ignition. They're available both for iPhone and Android. But the ones that I use every day, yeah, the first would be PressReader. Uh, it basically gives you the on-screen images of actual newspapers, for, uh, about 1,400 of them. Obviously, you don't have time to read them all, but I read my two local papers, Washington Post, Arizona Republic, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's like, it's like having a subscription to these newspapers, and you can watch them online. Uh, I also use a little program called Recordoid, which basically, it looks like a, a little digital recorder uh, in, and, in the Android version. You just tap the little red button, and you start talking. When you get done, you tap another button, and it emails the, the uh, WAV file. Uh, of your uh, memo uh, wherever you want it to, to go. So I use that a lot. I use Vlingo, which is a... Android's always been very good at voice recognition, but Vlingo, uh, you just tap a button and it recognizes your voice, and you can say, call mom at whatever, and uh, it recognizes it. Uh, the voice by turn-by-turn -turn navigation I use a lot. Uh, remember the milk I use for task management. Uh the document assembly programs that he was talking about. I always use, also use one called Document Scanner. You just point the, the camera. By the way, this is a benefit of the Thunderbolt versus the iPhone. It's got an 8-megapixel rear camera instead of a 5. And it does really good video, but it does stupendous scanned images. Uh, you point it at a page wherever you are, take a picture of it with this little app, and it'll email a PDF to you. Uh, and again, just like Jeff, I could go on and on and on about all the apps that I use, but uh, those are the ones I use every day. Great. And gentlemen, how can our listeners find you, Rick? Okay. Uh, if, as a matter of fact, uh, today's post uh, at futurelawyer.com, F-U-T-U-R-E, lawyer.com, 
uh, is a video, a little eight-minute comparison of the iPhone 4 and the HTC Thunderbolt. Uh, it's the first part of two. Uh, a really, really good tech guy, uh, Noah Kravitz, did it, and uh, it'll tell you a whole lot. But all of my stuff is at Future Lawyer. You can go there and you can search for anything technology in the last five years, and you'll find me that I have written on it. Great. And Jeff? Um, I'm in the New Orleans office of Adams & Reese, which is ARlaw.com. My website, iPhoneJD, is at iPhoneJD.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Jeff Richardson. Oh, I'm at Rick Georges on Twitter. Great. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for participating in today's show. It's been great to have you on. For our listeners, remember, you can get CLE credit through the West Legal Ed Center for listening to select Legal Talk Network podcasts. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on West Legal Ed Center. And this is at Bob Ambrogi saying uh, I'd like to uh, thank uh, thank uh, our guests for taking the time to be with us and having this uh, very spirited uh, and, and thoughtful debate about these two different phones. Uh, also, just... Uh, Remind our listeners that all of our shows uh, are available going back uh, five-plus years uh, on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in the uh, podcast library of uh, iTunes, which you can listen to on your iPhone. Great. We'll be back again next week to discuss another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. See you then. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.